0: Welcome to Jez Says International Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Bowles, and I'm sharing my learning adventure. Right now I'm sitting in Kigali with Dominique Mm Alonga, CEO and co-founder of Imagine We Rwanda, a social enterprise and publishing house. Mm -hmm. Just to start, why don't you tell us something about yourself, something about your business, and why you wanted to start it, in three sentences.
1: Something about myself, I am very proud to be Rwandan something about my business. We are the fastest growing publishing house in the country. Wow. And the way I wanted to start it, I just wanted people to read more. What's your favorite book? Can I do authors? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's hard. Um, Bell Hooks is a very good author that has been speaking to me this last three months.
0: So a bit of background about you. You said you're very proud to be Rwandan. So let mm-hmm. me start with that. Why?
1: Uh, well I, I I feel like it's just a great time to be around them the the country is is growing it's coming out of deep darkness but to such bright light everyone mm-hmm. is very optimistic very hardworking it's just exciting to see the city the country blossom it's just this energy that you feel wherever you go and it's just a good time to be part of this. You know.
0: How did you kind of get into entrepreneurship?
1: I didn't want to be an entrepreneur. important that I say that. I just wanted people to, to interact with knowledge, right? I felt like we don't read as much, we don't... There's a level of conversations that I wish I, I wanted to have with, mm-hmm. with my friends, with my, my, my younger cousins, with my family. That I felt it wasn't happening and then because we didn't read as much again I have my own biases you know I had my own biases coming in mm-hmm. but I felt like we, we could read better we could just interact better we could create spaces of interaction platforms and I thought what's the smallest part of this whole movement that I can start with that was building libraries And then when we started building libraries, then the annoying part was that we only donated books that were coming from abroad. And children were getting frustrated. Young people were getting frustrated because they don't look like us. These places, the landscape, it wasn't relatable. Mm -hmm. So then that's what inspired the publishing. So it was very gradual and almost natural, the way we came from the first idea to the first today.
0: Tell us a bit more detail about what it is you do and there's a few things that you're doing at the moment so share from. Right.
1: Um so I I run I run a publishing house which involves scanning for authors in the country, uh, reading through lots lots of manuscripts, um, and, and selecting what the what manuscript would work better on the market and the distribution processes, the editing, everything mm-hmm. basically.
0: It sounds, it sounds pretty complicated. Very, very so complicated. So let, let's focus first on how you f- find the authors and how you know that they'll fit.
1: Right. So it's still very much a massive gut feeling, mm-hmm. which sucks. Okay. But <laughs> thankfully technology is going to help us with that. So we're launching something to help us. But originally what we did in um, the first couple of years was host writing workshops mm-hmm. and we would train poets or writers, some people who write something. Mm-hmm. Right? Bloggers. Would call them and say, Hey, by the way, you can move from this to be more into this. And the the training they last a full day and we talk about all the, the whole, you know, writing process and stuff. And then we would encourage them if they have if they are willing to work on manuscripts, we're willing to give them the service. And sort of editing and stuff so we really sought out or we got to a point where we find you know someone who just has a, a beautiful story mm-hmm. but be it is on social media be it a blog and encourage them to develop it more mm-hmm. uh, so we kind of stalked our early writers to make sure that you know they see the potential themselves because sometimes someone is like I can only be a blogger or I can only be a poet I can only be a journalist mm-hmm. so moving them from that space to another
0: so, yeah. so there's quite a lot of coaching in that
1: yes there there, there was now it's a bit more natural because people are maybe reading more african books mm-hmm. and they have role models they have a, a baseline now and they can see where to go and now we focus more on the editing work rather than really? going all the way to coaching yeah
0: what was kind of the argument you would make to the potential authors to expand from blogging
1: they are able to make a lot of passive income Mm -hmm. you know so you write the book yes you work hard for six months and you schedule yourself so i don't know where you're writing at the coffee shop wherever you're doing what you're doing but then you have two intensive months of the editing process and the designing process which we like for you to be part of because you might not like the cover we've chosen for you Mm -hmm. and you have an opinion on that so let's say six months of, you know, really working on the, the, the thing. But then you have, what, three years of just making money without...
0: Three years after it plateaus off, is it?
1: Yeah, so the shelf life usually has been three to five. But then now that we're launching our digital library and stuff, we're bringing back those books on our, on our platform. We have been very open to say, hey, we're learning together. Mm -hmm. Especially our very, very first authors, we were literally building the whole thing with them and we're very grateful for their patience. So now it's just a matter of the systems have been put in place, but now we're also bringing a new version, which is the digital aspect of things. So now even authors that are coming to us now are going to be learning with us. Yeah, so it's interesting. It's, a, it's been a very uh, dynamic journey.
0: What kind of financial return is there for, I guess, for the author and for for yourselves? So
1: the author would get 30% of mm-hmm. royalties, which we I think we are the highest royalties um, as a publishing house. Uh, most people are between 10 and 15% because wow. we're coming from a social space of really trying to create this ecosystem, whereas other countries, they probably already have the, the ecosystem and they're just kind of trying to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, so encouraging authors with that royalty was very, very amazing. So if we have a 1,000 copies of their books um, sold maybe at 10000 or let's say $10, that's potentially what $10,000 from which they get um, $3,000. Mm. Or sometimes they're reprinted and reprinted and reprinted. So it's just safe money to be having some. Mm. Um, they're just, you know, reaping the benefits of their of their talent, of their thinking.
0: Mm-hmm. So you typically print thousand, thousand copies, copies first. for the
1: first print run, and then some books just end in a couple of months, and we just have to mm-hmm. keep printing. So some books graduate to like two thousand copies per print run depending on how we know they end in the market Mm -hmm. each author is very unique and has a very unique story the book is very unique itself so they have a very unique audience so it's just a lot of different things and we are just willing to follow follow Mm. the journey and take most of the risk and make sure that they are as comfortable as possible most of the time. And
0: so what about the distribution and how you reach audience and what that's so like? So
1: we host a lot of events, we have a lot of conferences, and typically a conference would have an exhibition booth that only has our products. And I'm very lucky to travel abroad a lot. We work with Brandon embassies in different countries like Kenya, the US, cool. so, you know, we We've been able to work with them. And then some embassies locally, like the American embassy here. So a lot of people can just come in and say, hey, we want 1,000 copies of this to distribute to these high schools or to these or individuals. Um, Rwanda, um, the environment now is that Rwanda has a lot of um, tourists coming in, mm-hmm. a lot of expatriates coming in. So they are also thirsty to have this authentic experience and, and, and you know knowing about the country so they want to read about the country from the locals voices and so that they also end up knowing about us and becoming part of our clientele there's a few bookstores that carry our books there's gift shops that carry our books everywhere basically lots of different people have been able to support us on this journey and partner with us in different ways
0: what about the manufacturing printing process?
1: That, is, uh, that does get complicated <laughs> but now we've built relationships with a couple of printing houses in the country and we have some partnerships. So originally we used to be very keen on selecting the paper, testing everything, and trying out everything but now, because of the relationship, it's been, it's been what, three, four years now that now we know and we can trust. So it, it's become much easier. Now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do quality checks um, just before, just when they bring the books. Um, whereas before, we, we did quality checks all the time. And it was more tiring and made the, 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 the process uh, tedious. And just tiring, you know. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's a lot more trust, a lot more professionalism uh, from both sides. It's very easy now.
0: Tell me through some of your kind of proudest achievements, some of your metrics or milestones yeah. that you've met or are very proud right. to hit.
1: Um, I think I'm very proud, first of all, as an individual, to have given the hope to other young women or young people in general that they can do something. You mm-hmm. know uh, that they can start something from scratch and have it be successful there's lots of people who started businesses after me who I kind of mentored so just uh, being that sense of hope sense of she made it so I can too has been very rewarding to me Um, of course in terms of numbers I'm very happy that we're financially sustainable and, and, and breaking even every year and making some profit that's very good <laughs> because oh my gosh i at least we're not worried about closing and we're mm-hmm. not worried about paying salaries and stuff like that i'm very grateful to not worry about that because a lot of entrepreneurs reach a point where they do worry about that and i have when i worry about that and then on the more global scale i think because of the time the time i started i think uh um, Rhonda was also going through this women empowerment season and young people. So the whole environment kind of lifted me up mm-hmm. to a public kind of space where um, you know, I have a lot of media coverage, a lot of travel opportunities, where I meet a lot of awesome people. I'm very excited that I have shared a, a seat with, uh, with President Barack Obama. That was pretty awesome and we talked for about 20 minutes. It was good. Um, That's cool. It was very rewarding mm. uh, to say this person knows about my work. Did it help in terms of bills or did it magically give me like a house or a car? No, but it's this kind of recognition that again the women behind me are able to say I can also get there. I can create my own path. Mm-hmm. And then we've reached about 35,000 children worked with 17 schools so I'm very proud of the work that we've done but I'm also proud to have been part of creating an ecosystem that will stay longer than when I'm gone. Mm.
0: So that's a good opportunity to ask about kind of challenges and benefits mm. of starting and running a business in Rwanda. Yeah,
1: Well challenges, um, finance is still a big thing um, Again, I'm speaking from a space of privilege, but when I have an opportunity to talk here, I remember the people who are behind me or who are just starting out who do not have the opportunity to attend, let's say, Youth Connect and meet with you and have you know, their voices spread across the, the, the world. But there's this gap between people who speak the language um, of business, which is English, and people who don't. So, how do we make sure that as much as, I, 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 as we all go up, we, we take the other up as well? The ecosystem, as much as it's very new. So, of mm-hmm. course, the government is learning with us, and we're learning with them, and we're going with them, which means that um, the investment ecosystem is very low. So, we are still stuck in a very early stage um, kind of space where. In terms of time and proving our product, we shouldn't be early stage. Mm-hmm. We are very much, we have tested the market and stuff. We're very ready for expansion and scaling. But because we work in an ecosystem that's very young, we are stuck in a space. Okay.
0: Um, so what has been your way of funding to date and what are your needs?
1: Um, so I opened up a co-working space to make sure that we never worry about printing for instance. So I have a, a space where other young entrepreneurs rent business, um, office offices mm-hmm. and uh, we use that money to fund the, ba- the, the baby <laughs> the main business, mm-hmm. which is the printing houses and putting stories outside. So that was our own way to be creative and bootstrap and try to be sustainable. Our needs, for instance, right now we're launching an app. so we need, at least thirty to $40,000 to get it off the ground and um, expand in, in East Africa because mm-hmm. we don't want to be stuck in just Rwanda. Rwanda is a very, very small market. So we do need that push to go into the bigger markets around the continent. So we need people to come alongside us because we won't be able to do that on our own. So if we don't do that, we can only keep sustaining this on this market or enter another market by chance Mm -hmm. you know oh someone heard about the app and then you know used it and it's not very you know structured and we want to to be able to structure our our, our future and our plans
0: you mentioned the app Uh, what's it like in terms of getting developer talent here
1: it's it's getting there Um, again I am very pro uh, Rwanda Mm -hmm. and Rwandan talent so yes, we had the chance to get you know someone from Asia or someone from America to do this, but we are using London developers 100%. And that, again, makes us go back to learning with us. We're learning, we're making mm-hmm. mistakes together. So th- it's, it's really that ecosystem all, all the way around, from our small um, uh, co-working space and publishing house, all the way to, let's say, the government, All the way to, you know, it's this sense of we're all making mistakes together, but we're all learning together and growing together, Mm. which kind of is good. And and fat it's it's fun, but it's also it slows you down a little bit and it requires a bit more patience Mm -hmm. because, you know, you expect to have a bit more mistakes than you would have if this whole thing was thought up in the U.S or somewhere else that's a bit more developed. Mm-hmm. So that sense of, you know, we need to be calmer and more accepting of challenges kind of kind of reduces in terms of our agency, um, but, you know, we, it is what it is, it's, a, it's yep. a small price to pay.
0: Is there anything, any message you'd like to share with my listeners or anything that you think you'd like to connect with them over?
1: Uh, sure. Um, if they can check out our, our, our publishing house where it's called Imagine We, Rwanda, and just be part of the story. Uh, we need as many people to be part of the story. There are people who have skills in branding, marketing, whatever it is that since we started, we really have been carried by the shoulders of our, our different mentors, different advisors. So some people say um, there's someone who approached us and they said you know, they, were, they worked for Mars, the chocolate bar, mm-hmm. and they could help. And they spent a couple of months with us just refining what we had, cool. so you know we're always open for people different perspectives to be in, you know to, sh- to be shared with us so if if you are out there and you have some expertise or some a passion or a, just a different perspective in the way people do business, you know test it on us and, and, and see where, how far we go. if you have money and you're ready to invest. <laughs> then that that would also be good Um, but for those who are also starting their own businesses it's a good journey I would say Mm -hmm. but I would also encourage people to really really take care of their mental health through it all and be very keen on taking care of their minds. entrepreneurship comes with a lot of loneliness isolation depression anxiety So we all need to be very intentional in creating communities and safe spaces where yes, you can keep pushing your business, that's great, but you can also make sure that you're healthy, you're good. Mm -hmm. Um, So as an entrepreneur, I would really ask other entrepreneurs to to be mindful of themselves. And if you need to, to shut down for a day, the world won't end. I used to think it would, but it really won't, and your company won't blow up. Um, So be healthy.
0: Can you think of a moment when you were really happy and you knew in the moment you were doing something that you love doing?
1: I'm really happy when I'm with my puppy. (laughs) Yeah. Every time we are about to launch an author's book, I always feel like this is why I'm here. Every time they hold their book for the first time, I'm so happy to see that.
0: Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank
1: you. Thank you
0: for having me. Thanks for listening to Jess Says International Entrepreneurship Podcast. If you liked it, why not subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts? If you didn't like it and listen this far, well, please let me know. I'm going to experiment with some ideas, so would appreciate all comments and feedback. You can reach me on jeremy at See you next time on Jez Says International Entrepreneurship Podcast.